Welcome. You're listening to Pacific Bible Church Podcast, hosted by Pastor Vern Frank. So we are starting a new series today. Woo! Titled, Have Faith in God. Get me excited just reading that right there. I believe the Lord led me to this as I believe, you know, every, every series I do, I believe I ask the Lord what he wants. And um, I believe this was next in our, in our, we've been, we've been on a, we've been on a, whew, we've been on some series. And um, real authentic, authentic faith was not too long ago, right? Well, a while ago now, but authentic faith, we talked about a real, what a real believer is, right? For weeks, what a real believer is. And then we talked about the glory for seven weeks. And, and we, we talked about how to manifest the glory of God. And God wants to manifest his glory through us. But if you tie that all together, I was thinking, boy, this is, this going to be perfect because if we're going to be, if we're going to walk in real authenticity and we are going to manifest the glory of God in the earth, we are going to have to know how to operate in real faith. This is not the authentic faith series was about what a real believer is. This is going to be about how we actually operate with faith in day-to-day life. I'm t- this, 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 this series will change your life. This, 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 what we're going to teach on even today changed my life completely. Completely. So if you have ears to hear this morning, I guarantee you're going to receive from heaven. So we will be getting into the specifics of operating in faith. And actually I looked back and I was kind of surprised because the kids know this is my favorite subject. Whenever I say, what am I going to preach on? They say, well, faith. I say, well, well, yeah, but no, you know, because everything has faith involved in it, right? Every sermon has faith involved in it, but I haven't taught on operation and faith for four years. I look back, I was like, wow, four years. I have not done a series on what is faith, have faith in God. We're going to, we're going to define all that. And that's going to take a while, you know, but You know, many people just believe faith is believing in God. That's it. That's as deep as they go. And that that is true, right? We got to believe in God. But it goes much deeper than that. Much deeper. There is much more depth to believe in faith than just believe in God. That's just the start. In fact, faith is a constant daily action of the authentic believer. This ties right back already. And we're going to get into this right away. You want to jump right in? Hebrews 11.1. Hebrews the coffee. Actually, I did brew coffee this morning. But of course, we know that's not English, right? (laughs) Original, originally. Hebrews 11.1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Right, that, that verse right there will change your life. Amen. <laughs> that, this verse right here has, has the power to change anybody's life forever. But faith is supposed to be now. Right? Remember last week we used the word now a lot. Remember we we're talking about now, now, now glory. In fact, that was the title of last week's message, now glory. 
we aren't to wait longer or wait another day to do the will of our Father and manifest His glory on earth. Now glory, now faith. Come on, we're to live in the now. Live in the present. So many times, come on, we put off faith till a later date. I'm going to believe God later. (laughs) You hear that a lot from worldly people, right? You're like, you know, you need to get saved. You need to come into the kingdom. Well, you know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to probably do that, you know, later. Because I have things I like to do. And I got parties to go to. And I got things I want to do. And I'm telling you what, that doesn't quite line up with God. So I'm going to do that later. I'm going to have faith later. No, later. faith is now. Now faith is, right? We, we, we should not wait for another date, another time. Faith is now. Yeah. Well, I'll trust God later. Mm, trust God now. Yeah. <laughs> Today is the day of salvation. Amen? Now. Now is the time to believe. Now is always the right time to believe. Now. Hello? Yeah. Faith is present tense. Now, and get the second part of that verse, right? The evidence of things not seen. Faith will bring, come on, or the substance. Faith will bring the substance, the substance, come on, it will bring it into us. When we have faith, we already have the evidence. You hear me? When we have faith, we already have the evidence. We have it when we have real faith. We have the evidence, come on. We have it. We know it. We have the substance before we see anything not seen. (laughs) Come on. You don't have to see it to have it. Like I said, this is going to go in depth. This is going to go real in depth. But you don't have to see it because now faith is the substance of things hoped for. When you got faith, come on, you can bring the substance into being. Amen? Hello? Come on. God will listen to a petition prayed with real faith. And not only will he listen, come on, with real faith, when you have real faith, operating in real faith, operation in faith, you're going to get the substance, which means you get the answer. You're going to get the answer. Hello? You're going to get the answer. (laughs) Amen? I'll just tell the story right now because I'm thinking about it, right? I've told it before, but it's a great story. It's one of my mentors in the faith. He's out preaching the gospel, traveling around the whole country, preaching the gospel. And he's a minister who's traveling minister who needs offerings to support his whole family to pay all the bills, right? And he believes God to fulfill his budget every single month. You have budgets, I have budgets, but we all have things we have to pay every month. You don't pay your power bill, you're going to be in trouble in a few months. You don't pay your water bill, you're going to be in trouble in a few months. You don't pay your insurance bill, oh, oh, on and on and on, right? So he's believing God to meet his budget every single month. And when the offering comes in, he's traveling, right? He's, he's, he's at a church. On a Sunday, the offering comes in, the pastor gives him the offering. And he, he, he says, uh, uh, is there more? Is there more? And the pastor says, no, that, that's it. That's the whole offering that came in for you. Why? Well, he knows he's prayed. He knows he already has it. 
But, you know, now, he's, now he has to pay the bills, right? And that doesn't pay it. But he knows, right? He's still in faith. He gets in his car, and the Lord says, check your pocket. I don't have a shirt pocket on hand. You know, hey, you got a shirt pocket, see? Yeah. He'd stuck an envelope in his shirt pocket. And he pulled out the envelope out of his shirt pocket, which he had forgotten he'd done because someone had just come up to him and said, here you go. And he had gone, okay. And he opened it up and there was a check for exactly what he needed to meet his budget. Come on now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith will bring the substance into being. This is talking about real operation in faith. This will help you in day-to-day -day life. Amen? Oh, we're just, we're just starting. Oh, we are just starting. <laughs> Let's look at Hebrews 3. I love talking about faith. Because faith, man, faith is what God gave us to, to, woo, you can get any need met with faith. Come on, <laughs> we're getting there. But faith has changed my life completely. To know how to operate in faith. Let's look at Hebrews 3, 16 through 19. For who, having heard, rebelled? He's talking about Israel. Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in, into what? The promised land, because of unbelief. Did you catch that? See, notice they were disobedience, which God equates to sin and doubt. And doubt is sin. Doubt is sin. Doubting God is sin. He, he equates that all to sin. Was it not with those who sinned? How'd they sin? They didn't believe what God said. They didn't have real faith. Come on now. Doubt, doubt is very, very dangerous. We look at it as, well, you know, I just don't really believe that. You know, I know you said that from the Bible, but you know, I just don't really like that. I just don't really see it that way. You know, I know. Oh, you're in trouble. You're headed for destruction right there. Come on. Doubt is equal to sin. Doubt is sin. And doubt will not bring us the victory. What gives us the victory? Faith. <laughs> Faith gives us the victory. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. I hope you're hearing me. <laughs> we're, headed, we're headed down this road fast. This is a, this is a road. This is a, this is a freeway. This is a fun road. <laughs> this is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. You ain't going to get victory without faith. Come on now. Doubt will destroy us. As we see right there, right? They died in the wilderness. Oh, I don't want to die in the wilderness, do you? You know, I, I just think about this, but I know there are many millions of people who have never even started the plan of God for their life. 
Not even started it. And what's going to happen? A lot of them will die. Of course, a lot of them aren't saved. They're going to be in hell forever. But even the Christian who has never started the will of God. Why? Because they didn't have faith. They were filled with doubt. Hello? Woo! Come on. Doubt stopped Israel from entering the promised land. Why? Because they were afraid of the... Come on, we're interactive around here. Come on. They were afraid of the giants. Ooh, come on. What are we afraid of? Uh, if you're afraid of something, you got doubt. Hello? Mm, we don't want to be on that camp. Come on. And remember the story, Joshua and Caleb had faith. How many people were in the camp of Israel? They believe, it's believed there were two million people in the camp of Israel. Two million. Joshua and Caleb came back from the spying out the promised land and the other spies came with them, right? And the other spies said, we can't do it. There's giants in the land and we are afraid. And Joshua and Caleb said, let's go take the land. Let's go kill the giants and let's take it because God said, hello, God said it's ours. Two people out of two million people had real faith. Had authentic faith, operation of faith, right? They knew how to operate in faith. How do you operate in faith? Come on. You do it. Yeah. <laughs> you believe it and do it. Amen? Amen? No one else out of two million people said, let's go take it. That is sad. That is really sad. And that's always amazed me. But I've seen it. Very few people will step out with faith. You can see it all the time. All the time. There is so much that people miss out on because of lack of faith. There are so many blessings miss out on because of lack of faith. Well, if you're here today and you don't understand faith yet, you're in the right place. you in the right place. If you stick with this from the word of God, your life will be changed. As we learn how to operate in daily faith. Now, Mark 9.23, come on, Mark 9.23. That, that should be a verse we all know. Remember, we, we talk about verses all the time around here. We should know. And so I know, I know some of you are getting to know more verses. And when I say, when I say a verse... Sometimes now some people say, hey, I got, I got, the, I got, the, I got, it, I got it. I got the, I got the reference for that. <laughs> Come on. Should I start? No, I better not. <laughs> Mark 9, 23. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible. All things. Is that, is that power or what? Jesus said this, right? And he didn't say some things are possible. He didn't say, well, a few things are possible if you have faith. He said all things 
are possible to him who believes. That is an amazing statement that I found few believe, right? Why, why do few believe this? Because of doubt. And doubt creeps in immediately because the devil comes to immediately steal the word from our hearts. That's what the Bible says. Amen. It says that. The devil comes immediately to steal the word. So we just said, Mark 9, 23, what Jesus said, hello, Jesus said it, and their doubt creeped in immediately. I have no doubt. Come on, right here, online, people said, well, you know, all things. Come on now. Doubt will kill us, as we already said. Either this is true or it's not, right? It's true or it's false. You've got to pick one or the other. If you pick false, have your way, right? But I highly suggest you pick this as true. Highly suggest you pick this as true. Come on. We've got to believe what Jesus said, right? Does Jesus know what he's talking about? Yes, he does. He absolutely knows what he's talking about. He always knows. And Jesus taught about faith all the time. Few wanted to hear it, but he taught about faith all the time. All the time he taught about faith. And we're going to get into some of that today, but there, there's so much on faith. We could preach this for weeks and we probably will. <laughs> Come on now. Woo, glory. Jesus said over and over, something he said over and over. Oh, I love this. He said over and over, let him who has ears to hear hear. A lot of people have no ears to hear the truth. There are people that sit in churches all over this world that would not believe this verse right here. I'm serious. Come on now. Why? Because they don't have ears to hear. I highly suggest every one of you and me come on and say, yep, that's right. That's right. That is right. That is right. That is right. Oh, that is right. Right there. That is right. That is the words of Jesus. And I receive it as the words of Jesus. I receive it as the word of the living God. And it's true. <laughs> there is no falseness in that at all. Woo! glory. I'm going to say just think about it. Come on. Jesus said over and over, ye of little faith. If we can have little faith, that means we can have big faith. And what did he say? What did he say to the Roman? When he said, he said, ooh, wow, we're getting ahead. We're getting ahead, but you know, we got to do it. When he said, the Roman centurion said, just speak the word only and my servant will be healed because I'm not worthy that you come under my roof, Jesus. And Jesus turned to him and said, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. Just like in the wilderness, right? Millions of people didn't even believe anything. They just had a religion. Hello? They didn't believe anything. It was just a box you check off. Religion. No, no, no. Come on. Real faith in God actually has real belief, come on, and there's an operation of faith that will make that true in our life, but we gotta know how to operate in it. I hope you're getting excited about this. 
In Matthew 17, 17, Jesus said, you faithless and perverse generation. Come on. We can choose to be faithless, which stinks. God is not happy with faithless. Not happy at all. No, it's, it's, it, it equates to perverse. It equates to doubt. It equates to sin. It equates, to, ooh, disgusting, right? Faithless stinks in the nostrils of God. It stinks. That's why I love to find, that's why Jesus got so excited when he saw faith. He's like, I've been walking around this place for a long time now, and I haven't seen faith like that. And his servant was healed, wasn't he? Come on now. Why? Because of his faith. Ooh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus was always trying to get people to understand faith and operate in faith. The operation of faith is real. It's a spiritual thing. It's real. It's real. It actually works when done in the right way from our hearts, right? That's how we get saved. <laughs> Hallelujah. We believe and speak. We're getting there. We're getting there. Oh, we got to go to Mark 11. We got to go to Mark 11. Verses that, that are not talked about very often, but verses that will revolutionize your whole entire life. If you actually receive them, amen? If you receive them in your heart, they'll change your life. Mark eleven twelve. now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. Who was hungry? Jesus. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. No fruit there. 14. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. <laughs> you know, we read over that stuff and just go, yep, that's what it said. Yep, I've read that a hundred times. Well, just think, of, just think about what just happened. Jesus spoke to a tree. You don't hear this talked about much, do you? You don't hear this preached much, but this, this is woo, power. Jesus gives us insight into faith right here. We're getting insight into faith, what faith actually is. How to operate in faith day to day. And this will be an answer if you listen today, if you believe it, right? So let's see what happened next. We got to go down to verse 20 because there, there was a miracle happening in between there, right? Now we come down to the rest of the story in verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. What a strange statement. Hello? I tell you, we look over this stuff, we read over this stuff, but we need to dissect it. Amen? Jesus didn't say stuff for fun. Hello? 
Now, I, I will say this right at the outset, I do not believe that is a great translation of this at all. There is no in, there is no in in the Greek. It's have faith God in the Greek. Which will change your life. <laughs> Forget this. <laughs> a better translation, I believe, and I've, I've been looking at this for years, is there's two, two that are pretty good. Have God faith or have the God kind of faith. <laughs> this is what changed Smith Wigglesworth's life. Right here. Have the faith of God. There's another translation. Now, there is no in in the Greek at all. Come on now. Have the God kind of faith. Because he goes right on. He goes right on. We're going to get there in a second. He goes right on to show you a God kind of faith. <laughs> now, first of all, notice he did not say try and have faith. I think a lot of Christians think God said try. Jesus said try. Try and have some faith. No, no, you don't say try with faith. Come on. If I said, you know, try, try and play the piano, you, you, you might be able to play the piano. Try it. You might be able to, right? You might be. Try, try and play the guitar. You, you might be good at it. Try and play the drums. You might be good at it. Try it. You know, try it. You get up there. You beat on the drums and you're all off beat and you're like, yeah, no, not for me, not for me. I won't say anything, I won't say anything. <laughs> Come on now. You don't try faith. Come on. He said have faith. Come on. He doesn't say try, try, don't try, do. He, he wants us to have faith just like he had faith. He's pointing out right here. He's teaching us a lesson on faith. In fact, Jesus actually commands us to have faith. This is a command of God. Have faith. And have the God kind of faith. Because guess what he says in verse 23? Let's go to it. Here we get a direct, a direct teaching on how to operate in faith. If you, uh, so if you get this today, it'll change your life. Verse 23, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, notice that they're outside, right? He's pointing to a mountain. I was there in Israel. I got a feeling I know what mountain he pointed to. <laughs> be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes the things which he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Notice he just said, have the God kind of faith, have the faith of God. Hello. Jesus is not talking about prayer here. He does talk about prayer later, right? He does talk about prayer later. He's not talking about prayer. He said, speak to the mountain. Can you imagine? This is, this is, this is, this is stuff that the disciples must have been just scratching their heads. Like, speak to the mountain. It's going to move. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Many times people beg God to do something about the mountain. God, oh God, move the mountain. Move the mountain, God. Move the mountain. Please, Father, move the mountain. Oh God, move. They think, they think they get into it a little more that God will move it, right? Oh God, move.
move the mountain. Oh, God, move the mountain. And he's saying, that's not what I said. Hello? What did Jesus say? Speak to the mountain. You might be saying, well, won't I look a little crazy if I speak to the mountain? Did Jesus look crazy when he spoke to the tree? Actually, the disciples, he did, but... I'm sure they were sitting there going, Jesus just spoke to a tree. Maybe we got the wrong rabbi. I don't know. You know, we left all and followed him. He just spoke to a tree. Did he also speak to the wind and the waves? And did they do what he said? You hearing this? Come on. Faith does not care about looking crazy. <laughs> do, you think, do you think Smith Wigglesworth cared when he threw people against the wall and raised them from the dead? Because he had real faith? No, he didn't care a bit. Come on. When he punched people in the stomach and got them healed of stomach cancer? That's faith. That's some operation of faith. <laughs> Whoo, glory. Come on. You can't care about looking crazy if you actually want to do God's will. Amen. If you actually want to operate in faith, you can't care about looking crazy. You're going to have to speak to some trees. <laughs> You're going to have to speak to some mountains. Now, I'm sure, I'm sure someone is thinking, you know, that was Jesus, brother. Brother, don't you know, you get, you get the religious people right away. Well, you know, brother, that was Jesus. And then I look right back and I look at it again and I say, how come it says whoever? Did you catch it? How come it says whoever says? You getting this? Whoever says? Did he say? Now, disciples, you see, I am very mighty. I am Jesus, the son of the living God, and therefore I can do this and I can curse fig trees. But you, my little peasants, you cannot do this. Great feat of faith, only I can do this. Come on now. He said, whoever. I'm a whoever. If you want to be in a good camp, I highly suggest you choose being a whoever. Come on now. You want the truth or you want lukewarm? All right, four people want truth. All right. Come on now. Jesus did not say the best Christian can do this. Jesus did not say the most sanctified Christian can do this. Jesus did not say, if you pray for eight hours, you can do what I did. He said, whoever says. Come on, whoever says, if you don't doubt, you believe what you say, it's going to happen. Glory. He says, do not doubt, right? Doubt is uncertainty about the truth. It's uncertainty about the truth. If you doubt, you don't get it. When we doubt God, what are we doing? We're slapping God in the face. Psh. 
That's, that's a dangerous place to be. And, and Christians slap God in the face all the time on this. Many, many Christians hate this verse. I mean, they despise this verse. I've talked with Christians that they can't stand this verse. I'm like, woo, slap God in the face. Why don't you? Come on now. When we don't trust God, we are saying, God, you're just, you're just not big enough for this one. You're just not big enough. Well, what happens? Doubt will rob us. Does not doubt in his heart. Hello? I heard a story recently about a minister who, who was telling a story about how he prayed for a tumor on a guy's hand, right? He had a big tumor. And he, he did exactly with this verse. He said, I just followed the Bible. I just did what the Bible said to do. I just followed the Bible. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> and he, he, he laid his hand on the tumor and he said, in the name of Jesus, tumor be gone. And that tumor dried up right there and was gone. Hello? He spoke to a mountain, oh, almost a literal mountain, right? Come on now. Saints, we can operate in the exact same thing. We're talking about operation of faith here. This is operation of real faith. This is, this is what Jesus called us to do, operate in real faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus told us to speak to the mountain. Now, I don't believe that's always a literal mountain. Amen. It's a mountain in our life, whatever that is. Speak to it and tell it to go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's his authority. It's his power. But we use his authority. Amen. And we speak to the mountain. Hallelujah. Let's look at Luke 4. We're going to see some more about uh, speaking, speaking faith, which is the title today, Speaking Faith. Luke 4, 38, Now he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house, but Simon's wife, mother, was sick with a high fever. Now, I don't, I don't think they had thermometers then, but I got to imagine a high fever was 103, 104, right? And they made request of him concerning her. In other words, Jesus is there, and they're like, uh, Jesus, can you help us? Because we know you've healed a lot of sick people. Verse 39, so he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her. I was hoping someone got that. And immediately she arose and served them. Immediately? Come on, you all have had a fever. And your body is wiped out. And you are like, Ugh. Ugh. can you imagine? It's gone and you just get up and go, let's have dinner. Come on now. He rebuked the fever. Amen. <laughs> Did you know fevers have ears? Hello? Did, did Jesus talk to God about this fever? Did he say, Father, there's a great fever on this woman. I'm asking you to remove this fever on this woman. Did he do that? <laughs> no, he did not. He didn't talk to Peter about the fever. Come on. He didn't talk to the devil about the fever. 
Jesus spoke to the fever. Hello. We're also to speak to the problem in the name of Jesus. Amen. I was just telling someone last week. I don't know how you, got, you know, we get in conversation. You, you, man, when I'm preaching, I, I, I preach in conversations too. And I was a preacher. <laughs> and I said, you know, my pastor, my pastor told this story for years. And, and, and just, as a, just as an example, right? I have, I have examples and I'll give you one. But he, he said, when my son would get sick, he had one son and he's now pastoring the church. But uh, he, he would go into his bedroom, you know, as a small child and his son was, you know, had a fever, like just like that. And he said, and this was, this was one of my first learnings of this right here from my pastor years ago, right? He said, I'd go in the bedroom and I'd say, in the name of Jesus, the sickness, the disease, the fever leaves his body now. He said, go every time. Hello? <laughs> Hello? I, I remember one, one example that I've told, I've told a long time now, years probably. But Karen and I were in Bible school and uh, I remember we were in our apartment across from ORU and I was, uh, Karen did not have headaches. It was completely abnormal for her to have a headache. And she, she's like, oh, that's just, oh, I've never, oh. She was just like in agony, pain, right? Agony, pain, if you've had a, like a migraine type headache, you know what we're talking about. And, and, and I just, I, she was just sitting there and I said, in the name of Jesus, headache, go. And she looked up and she says, it's gone. I said, well, praise God. Praise God. Come on. Why, why did I do that? <laughs> well, yeah, that and Mark 11, 33, right? He rebuked the fever. You can rebuke the fever, you can rebuke the headache, you can rebuke, rebuke anything that's not from our Father. And that's where a lot of Christians miss it right there. They, they well, you know, the Lord's going to teach me something in their sickness. Oh, you see it all the time, you want to puke. Because God never did it throughout the whole Bible, and yet people believe it with all their heart. And guess what? They won't get anything from the Lord. Hello? No, you got to stick with the Bible. You got to stick with the Word. You got to stick with the goodness of God. And when you know who God is and how good he is, you follow what he said and it happens. Hallelujah. Right? This is one you might want to adopt. It's up to you. I don't you Do whatever you want to do, right? I tell people the truth all the time. They'd reject all the time. But when I, when I sneeze, and my kids know, and I've actually, I've actually changed it recently, but I've always said for years and years and years, every time I sneeze, I say, sickness has no part in my body in Jesus' name. For years I've done that. Now, I've, I've actually added to it, I say sickness, sickness, disease, and pain have no part in my body in Jesus' name. Glory. I highly suggest you adopt that. Because I'm speaking with faith from my mouth, as Jesus said to do. Sickness, disease, and pain have no part in my body in Jesus' name. You can just say that in random, too. You don't, have to, you don't even have to sneeze to say it, Amen. I do. I say it randomly at times. I just, I'm walking down the hallway. Sickness, disease, and pain have no part in my body in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You see what we're talking about? We're talking about operation in faith. We're talking about real faith, operating in real faith, doing what Jesus said to do, following the word of God, not, not playing religion, 
So many Christians want to play religion. I just, I just go to church. I say, do you follow the word? Well, I don't know. I, I, let me show you some word. Do you want to do this? Well, no, I don't want to do that. No, I want to do the word. Amen. Amen. I've, resist, I've resisted the devil so many times. Come on, James 4, 7. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come on, many Christians don't resist the devil. They just hope someone can help them. Well, someone's got to show up and help me. Come on now. Someone, someone, come on. God gave you the answer. Many Christians just say, sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. Instead of using their authority. You see, we have authority. We have authority in the name of Jesus. We're not to accept whatever comes our way. That's devilish. And if you accept whatever comes your way, you're going to be destroyed. Because what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? The devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Come on now. Do we actually want to believe what God said or not? The church has not grasped the power that is in the name of Jesus. Right? We sing about how high and lifted up the name of Jesus is. Right? We talk about how great the name of Jesus is. We just did. Right? How beautiful the name, how wonderful the name, how powerful the name. And then when it comes to actually operating in faith, we don't even do it. We proclaim Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but we don't even believe it. Hello? Look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2 verse 9. This is power. I mean, this is power. You want power? We want lukewarmy. Luke, or, sorry, Luke, Philippians 2.9, Therefore God also has highly exalted him, who him, Jesus, and given him, who, Jesus, the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. That covers it all, doesn't it? Every, every knee is going to bow to Jesus. Every knee will bow to that name. Every there is no higher name. You can't find a higher name. You will never find a higher name. Come on now. Never. In all of eternity, we will never have a higher name than Jesus. So why do we give other names more power? Hello? What, what, what do many people do? Even Christians. They go into the doctor. The doctor says, well, I'm sorry, but uh, we have to tell you, you've got cancer and you'll be dead in four days. And most Christians would say, well, I guess I'll get things ready. I'll get my funeral ready. I'll get everything ready. I'll tell the family. That's what most Christians would do. Yeah. Come on now. Come on. Cancer is not above Jesus. <laughs> the, come on now. The word of God is higher. Amen. Jesus is much higher. The name of Jesus is much higher. Amen. Amen. It's higher than, what does it say? What does it say? The name given in the name which is above 
every name. You name a disease, Jesus is higher. You believe it? You can believe it or not. Your choice. I choose to believe it. There is no higher name. The question is, do we actually want to believe God's word? Or do we want to doubt it? And then we get nothing. Right? People, people, you hear it all the time. Well, I doubt that. Come on. I don't even like to utter those words. In any way. Out of this. I hear myself say that, I repent. Hello? Because I'm not a doubter, I'm a believer. Which means I'm always believing. I'm not believing just on Sunday morning, as many churchgoers do. If they even believe at church, right? <laughs> Come on now. No. Believers believe all the time. Amen. Now, 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 now. What, what happens when, when, the, when the cancer report is given? I'm still believing. Now, I still have faith. And I know the name of Jesus is above that name. Come on now. One of, one of, my, one of my mentors in the faith, again. He, 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 they have a wonderful testimony of his wife got a brain tumor and she was actually at church. She had been having some headaches. She went in the back room to get away from people because it was, you know, headache it was really, really, really bad. She, and behind her, the door closed. She didn't know it was locked. So she actually locked herself in a room and fainted due to the headache from the brain tumor. Well, they're searching all over for her. The church, they're, where'd she go? Where'd she go? Finally, they open up that door with a key, you know, whoever had the key. And there she is, laying on the floor. Uh-oh. They take her to the hospital. They do the scans. She didn't die. She was unconscious. Yeah. And she, she got hospital, and they do the scans. They said, well, you've got a brain tumor. So we're going to have to operate. Very dangerous, of course, operation. And uh, they, they agreed together in that room, in, the, in that hospital room, the minister's wife, and I don't know if there are other faith people there. You only want faith people there, amen? amen that's right. Real faith people, not, not, not just churchgoers. You want real faith people in the room with you. And so they spoke to that tumor. In the name of Jesus, tumor, you cease and desist. You dry up in the name of Jesus. And then they rejoiced. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The tumor is gone. Thank you, Father. We spoke to the mountain. It's gone. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Well, she was already set for surgery there, so they took her into surgery. Cut her head open. Found no tumor. No tumor. And they sewed her back up. And, 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 and from, the, from that cutting, she did end up with a little paralysis on one of her sides. I don't remember which side, but on one of her sides of her faces. And then she believed God for that to go away. Woo, glory. See what I'm saying? There is an operation of faith. Now, you don't try that. Amen? You do it. 
They weren't trying nothing. These are, these are some of the most faithful people I know on the face of the earth. They actually have faith. <laughs> Come on now. They actually move in faith. They operate in faith. They live by faith. Really, that's what we're supposed to do. Amen. The just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. See, we are called to be believe all the time. Not doubt. But we're called to do greater works. Remember, Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do. Greater works than these. How are we going to do greater works? Not with doubt, I'll tell you that. Remember, remember, manifest the glory of God. Remember, that was one of the main points of the whole message. We got to believe. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll never manifest the glory if we don't have real operation of faith. Right? We're not going to speak to mountains and they're, they're not going to move if we don't have faith. Authentic faith in our hearts. Come on. Real belief in what God said. We're not trying it because Pastor Vern did it. We're not trying it because so-and-so did it. We're not trying it. Come on. We're doing it because the word of God is planted in us and we're following the word. We believe the word and we're acting upon the word of the living God. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Now, let's look at James chapter 1. This is, this is, oof, man, woo. See why I love talking about this stuff? Yeah. This is power. And this will answer so many questions for so many people if they would just listen. Amen. Oh, man, woo, I made so many Christians who don't like this. And you're like, boy, you are missing out. James 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. I mean, he's not going to rebuke you for, for your, uh, you know, stupidity. <laughs> well, that's what it means. Yeah. He's not going to say, why didn't you know that, you dummy? Why? No, he's going to give us the li liberally. He's going to pour out wisdom upon us and happily do it. Amen. That's right. It will be given to him. Don't you love that? Yes. Verse six, but let him ask in faith with no Doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Didn't we just talk about doubt? Didn't we say it's actually sin? And it'll destroy our lives. Notice doubt is double-minded. Doubt is unstable. It's equal to unstable. Come on. And he says, uh, uh, when we're double-minded, we are unstable. We're going back and forth, right? Come on. He, he, he uses the waves of the ocean, right? The wave is up and the wave is down. The wave is up and the wave is down. That's a lot, of, a lot of Christians live on the roller coaster, right? We don't want to be on the roller coaster of Christianity. We want to be on, well, we want to be up. <laughs> All the time. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. No, no. We, when we go up and down, right, then that's, uh, that, that's, 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 that's double-minded. Yeah. And, and we won't get anything from the Lord. He, it's as specific, as plain as it possibly can be right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, people hate that. Oh, so many people hate that. 
Because why? Because they think God should just do it for them. Yeah, yeah God should just show up and correct the situation because, you know, he's good. And so he should just show up and, you know, fix this. Yeah. And God's saying, I told you what to do. I told you, right? Double-minded, right? God is coming through for me one day, right? You talk to, you talk to a believer and they're like, oh man, God is so good. Ooh, I know he's going to answer me. Oh God, woo! God, oh, don't you love God? He's so amazing. Oh my, oh my, oh my, he's so good. Oh, oh, and then the next day, they're like this. Like, what happened? Well, God didn't show up. Ooh, you stopped believing. <laughs> you stopped believing. And that man will receive nothing from the Lord. Hello? Well, we don't want to be like the waves, amen? We got an ocean out here. You can go look at the waves. They're tossed all over, aren't they? Right? So many people wonder why, why God didn't answer them. Well, the answer is found right here. Come on, go back to, go back to was it seven? <laughs> Let that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So many people wonder why I, I didn't get the answer. Well, the answer has been given to us, right? If we doubted, we got nothing. Yeah, that's right. Doubting does not equal something from the Lord. A little lesser, right? I'm believing for this, but I got this. No, it says if we doubt, we get nothing. Nothing. Doubting equals nothing. Doubting does not equal some blessing. Doubt equals nothing. The promised land did not happen for them because they doubted. Come on now. They all died in the wilderness. Woo! No, when we doubt, we get nothing. Yeah. But when we're in faith, real faith, we're operating in real faith, there's only one outcome possible. Yeah. And that outcome is victory. Yeah. Victory. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. That's what faith believes, right? Faith believes victory is the only possible outcome. If we don't believe that, we're not actually in faith. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that's true. David and Goliath. Come on now. David had a real faith. Yeah. <laughs> he had real faith. He believed there was one possible outcome. Goliath is going to die today. It wasn't Goliath might, you know, I, I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best, Saul, right, the king. Saul, I'm going to try my best to kill Goliath. But, you know, no, 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 no. One possible outcome. Goliath dead today. In fact, I'll cut off his head too. Woo, and David spoke it too out of his mouth. You want to see it? Come on. First Samuel, go back, go back. First Samuel, where this happened. 17, 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, who's he talking to? Goliath. You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, 
the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Hmm, I'm liking this talk. You rarely find a Christian talk like this. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. <laughs> and this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Whoa. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Is there some action with that right there? Action. Faith has action, doesn't it? David threw some stones, didn't he? <laughs> but notice how David spoke with faith. David actually spoke with real faith from his heart. Amen full of faith. And when we are truly operating in faith, there is one possible outcome and it is victory. We accept nothing else. If you're willing to accept less than victory, you lost already. I hope you heard that. Come on. The outcome is if we have, if we're operating in real faith, come on. The outcome is the will of God on earth. Right? Remember Jesus said, that thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Is there anything bad happening in heaven? Are they short of anything in heaven? Is there a sickness running rampant in, rampant in heaven? No, there's nothing bad in heaven. There's no curses in heaven. There's nothing bad in heaven. So the outcome God wants is good. Come on. Remember, remember uh, Jeremiah 20, 11, right? I have, I have plans for you, to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. God always has good plans for his people. God always has good stuff for his people. God wants to bless his people, but we got to do what he said. Come on now. God gave us the ability to get the victory through faith. In every situation. Did he just say that? Yes, he did. Because it's based on the word of the living God. And he gave us the ability to get the victory. Now, it's up to us to actually do what he said. And I've said this for years. I've talked with Christians for years who will not do Mark eleven twenty three. 23. They will not speak to the mountain. They will not speak with faith. They just hope God's going to show up. That's the sovereignty of God mentality, and that will destroy you. Come on. God is sovereign to his word and he told us what to do in his word. So we're supposed to do what he said in his word. <laughs> and then so many people want to say, well, I just, you know, God's going to be, uh, God. No, Jesus rebuked the fever. Jesus spoke to the tree. Jesus spoke to the winds and the waves. And then he told us to do it. He said, whoever says. Every Christian on earth should light up when, when you read that. I mean, we should be reading through the Bible and go, oh, okay, well, oh, yeah. okay, spoke it, okay, cursed it, it's dead, okay. Whoever says to the mountain, be there, I'll move, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not die.
doubt in his heart to believe what he says? He'll have whatever he says? Did I just, did, did I just read that? I'm going to read it again. <laughs> Come on. Every Christian on earth should be so lit up by that verse that they might shout about it for a few weeks. And then, then take a pause and then keep shouting after that. <laughs> Come on now. They spoke to the brain tumor. It was gone. They didn't say, Father, oh dear, Heavenly Father, please remove this tumor from my wife's head. Please, please, I'm begging you, God, please, please. There's no faith there. That's not faith at all. A lot of people think it's faith. It's not faith at all. There's no faith in it. It's complete doubt. Come on now. No, no. They need to speak just like David said. Come on. You speak the victory. You speak the outcome. Did he speak the outcome before it happened? Oh, you bet he did. Yeah. Well, today you're going down and cut off your head and your, all your carcasses are going to feed to the birds. <laughs> Can you imagine the Philistines out there going, this little boy here, this little boy, he's got a big mouth, doesn't he? Oh, that little boy got a big mouth. Wait till we kill him. It's going to be fun to kill him and cut him into pieces and we're going to feed him to the birds. You can imagine they were thinking these were warriors. These were people who would kill you faster than you can move. You'd, you'd be like, cut in half. Bye-bye, see ya. These were absolute warriors. And they got this little kid who's been shepherding the sheep with no armor on. Remember? Saul said, take my armor to go fight him. Take my armor. David tried it on. He said, no, that's not, not, not going to work. He said, I've killed the lion, I've killed the bear. It's no problem. I got this. Come on. God is with me. And I know we're going to take him out today. And all I need is a rock. Can you imagine the army of Israel going, Saul, would you get the funeral ready for David? Because He'll be dead in a couple minutes. Was he? No. Because he had real operation of faith. Amen. Woo! I told you, this is my favorite subjects. It'll change your, it'll revolutionize your whole life. If you'll actually receive what Jesus said. Many won't be one that does. What are you saying today, PV? I'm saying we got to learn how faith actually works. So many people want to live in religious land. And they want some magical, we talked about that for weeks, authentic faith. We talked about it in all kinds of, we cannot live in superstition land. And luck land. And I wore the right socks today, so God bless me. I won the game because I wore the right socks. I wore the right hat. God bless me. No, there is a real operation of faith. And any believer, any real Christian can operate with real faith. And get the answer. 
So well, what, are, what are a couple things we need to know for sure? Well, we need to know the truth. We need to know what God actually said. Come on. We don't, we don't want secondhand knowledge of God's word. Right? If you go out of here today and try what was said today, it's not going to work. What did Jesus say? My word's got to live in you. Abide in you. Come on. If you don't have it yet, you don't quit. If you don't understand it yet, right? If you don't have revelation yet, you get that word in there and you meditate on that word. Come on. The minister I'm talking about, who cursed the brain tumor, right? That was living in here. So when they cursed the tumor, it died. Tumor's alive, right? It's alive. I don't know who science people are in here, but it has organisms. It's like living. You can curse it. It can die. Just like Jesus cursed the fig tree and died. Come on. We're called to do the exact same thing. Greater works than these shall you do because I go unto my father. And what did he do? He sent us the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now, come on, we got the great teacher with us. He's teaching right now. If you listen, right? He's teaching. He's, we got the great comforter. We got the great helper. We got the standby. We got the spirit of the living God. Come on. And he can guide us and lead us. He can reveal things. He is the revealer of the truth. Amen. He reveals it to us. So if we don't have the revelation yet, then we keep meditating on it. Come on. We keep meditating on it. We keep chewing on it. We keep going over it. Over it. Don't, don't, don't say, I read that once. Oh, I heard that once. Ooh. No, 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 no. Oh. Again and again and again and meditate again and think about it again and think about it again and chew on it again and meditate on it again and think about it again. That's why I say all the time, you actually got to know the word. Come on now. When we, we talked about it the other day, a couple weeks ago, we said, you know, if you're going to believe for healing, you got to know what Jesus or what God said about healing. Right? And I said, who knows some verses of him? We didn't have a lot of answers. But the point was, you got to know. Right? Why do I say sickness, disease, and pain have no part in my body in Jesus' name? Well, first of all, I'm taking authority in his name. Because his name has the power. Amen. I'm using my authority in the earth. I'm speaking. Come on. But I know what the word says. And everything I'm saying right there agrees with the word of the living God. First Peter 2.24, by his stripes, I was healed. Thank you. Very nice. Very nice. Psalm 103, he forgives all my iniquities and heals all my diseases. Exodus 15.26, I am the Lord that heals you. Matthew 8, 17. That it might be fulfilled, but was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He has borne our sicknesses. 
and carried our pains. He has borne them. He has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. You see why I make the confession of faith that I make? It all lines up with the word of the living God. Hallelujah. You see, we got to know what God said and we got to know it. I mean, we got to know it like we know nothing else, right? We we know about this. We know about that. We know about this. We know about that. We need to know this, 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 this. This. Come on. We need to know this better than anything else. I'll tell you, that'll keep you out of trouble. That'll keep you on the right path. That'll keep you in victory. Amen. When we know what this says, right? I am more than a conqueror. That's a good confession of faith right there, isn't it? I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on now. We could go on and on like that, right? What are we doing? We're speaking faith from our hearts. Come on now. If you're not a faith speaker yet, it's time to get on board. (laughs) I wrote a song. Sarah was playing the day. I'm a faith walker. I'm a faith talker. I'm trusting the Lord. It was years and years ago at a a church I was leading worship at and I was writing several different songs and and the message was about probably this same type of message right here about speaking and I wrote that song. But I'm a faith walker. I'm a faith talker. I'm trusting the Lord. Our life needs to be faith walk and faith talk. And many, many times people uh, don't have a problem with faith walk, but boy, they do not like faith talk. You, you want to test it. You want to test that. Well, um, get, around some, get around some Christians that may be a lukewarm. And you start saying, whoo, glory to God, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. And I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I thank God he gives me the victory in every situation. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. And they'll look at you like you crazy. Brother, we don't do that here. Brother, we, we, we sing some hymns and we sit down and we go home. We have lunch. You, you're a little too excited about things. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if you want victory, you better get excited about something. And you need to get excited about him and his word. Get excited about Jesus. Oh boy, come on. Be willing to get undignified. So we got to do that song. She played it. She she talked about a song the other day that she heard undignified. Man, we got to be willing to get undignified for the Lord. We got to be willing to dance in our underwear. Well, please don't hear, please, please. (laughs) You know, live stream, that would be bad. Oh my, woo! Now, if you were just running so fast, your clothes came off, you know, I, I, I. at least you were excited about Jesus. That's impressive, that's impressive. 
Can you imagine? The clothes just come off. Turn off the camera now. <laughs> oh, glory. But you see what I'm saying, right? We, we got to get excited about it. We got to get his word in here. We got to go, whoo, this is good. Like I said, Mark, Mark 11, 23. We should read that and go, Oh, Jesus. Along with all of uh, uh, the promises we just talking about, because we're going to get a lot more than this. This is just a boop. <laughs> Hallelujah. But today, we, we, well, first of all, we got to know what he said, right? It's got to be living on the inside of us, but then we got to line our mouth up with it. We don't keep talking doubt and unbelief. We don't keep speaking stuff that isn't true because what do we get? Nothing. If we doubt, we get nothing. Not a zilch zero. We get nothing. James made it as clear as we possibly can make it. So when we get it in our hearts, we line our mouth up with it and we speak according to the word. Come on now. We speak with real faith from our hearts, just as Jesus said to do. Amen. You see, if we, if we are going to actually accomplish what God wants us to accomplish, we have to know how to operate in faith. We cannot be novices in this. Why not? We cannot be rookies in this. We got to be experts in this. Come on now. When, when, someone, when someone comes up to you and wants to know it's about something, like even last week, someone was asking me about it, and boy, I, I, I couldn't stop talking, right? And I was quoting scripture after scripture, after scripture, after scripture, after scripture, right? Come on. We got to be experts in it. And we cannot leave it up to the pastor to be the expert. When a pastor, you know, he's the expert. Look, you, you got to start as a baby, right? We all start as babies. I start as a baby, but then we got to grow up. We got to mature. And then, then someone asks you a question about something in here, and you, you just can't stop. You're like, well, let me, oh, 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 you know what this says over here? Let's get it. Oh, you know what it says? Oh, oh, you, oh, ooh, ah, ooh, come on. And they're like, I was hoping for the three-minute answer, but here we go. Come on now, experts. Experts in faith. Jesus was an expert. And he asked us to be experts. Come on now. We, we cannot ignore what Jesus said and expect victory. Jesus gave us a faith manual. And part of that we talked about today. Come on. There is a faith manual in the word of God. There's a love manual. Amen. There's all kinds of manuals. All the manuals we need are right here. This is the manual we need for everything. And one, one manual that's found in here throughout the word of God is how to operate in real faith. From beginning to end, we could, we could go to Abraham, right? We, we just talked about David. We could go on and on and on. People who actually operated in faith. Hallelujah. 
So we got to learn about it. Amen? We cannot ignore the words of Jesus, as many do, ignore what Jesus said and expect the victory. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I see it all the time. Well, I don't like that. Well, you don't like it. It's the words of Jesus. What do you mean you don't like it? Well, it's just not how I see it, brother. How else you see it? <laughs> Come on. We got to follow what Jesus said. Whoo! This goes, this goes right back in the last series. What? John 14, 21. If you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. What is one command we just talked about today? Have faith. Have the God kind of faith. And the God kind of faith speaks. How are the worlds created? And God said... God said, let there be light. Come on now. Without the seeing, and this is where you lose most people, without the seeing, it wasn't real faith. Why do we confess Jesus is Lord? Well, first of all, there's belief. As it says in Romans 10, 9, and then there's confession. We connect faith to our mouth. Wow. You see, victorious faith is available. It is available to every Christian on this earth. Every, every Christian. It's available if they want it. We're just getting started. But I'll guarantee you, we can all improve in our walk of faith. Right? If you think you've arrived already, no, 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 we can grow, amen? And do greater things in the kingdom. I want to do greater things, right? Jesus said you can do greater things. And I believe as we go through here, we're going to take some steps, some leaps of faith. Like I expect to hear some testimonies. <laughs> I spoke to the tumor and it disappeared, Pastor. <laughs> I spoke to that fever and it was gone, Pastor. Well, it's not based on my word, is it? It's based on the words of Jesus himself. Hallelujah. Glory. I told you this is power. This is real operation of faith. This is what Christians are called to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just believe. Let's believe God right now. For revelation about faith. For our body. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we ask, Father, for each one here, each one that's not here today that calls this their home, each one online that calls this their home church, Father, we ask for revelation from heaven about this. That we would receive from you, Father, what this means, what your words mean, that we would see it, that we'd really understand it, 
and that it would actually be implanted in us. And then we would know how to walk it out. We would know how to talk it out. We would know, Father. We would know beyond a shadow of a doubt. We would know. We would know how to operate in, in authentic faith. We would know how to operate in daily faith. We would know how to have the God kind of faith. We would know how to do it, Father. And as we go through this series, Father, more revelation will be given to each one of us. And we'll hear from you and grow in leaps and bounds in our faith walk and our faith talk. We ask for it, Father. We know you heard us. We know you're answering that prayer because we know you want us to know more about your faith and how to walk in it. So we thank you for the answer, Father. Even now, we thank you for it as we go through this series. We thank you for revelation from heaven about faith. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Glory. Glory. Woo! We got started today, didn't we? I'll tell you what, this is, like I said, this is one of my favorite. Revolutionize our, our, our lives completely. If you don't know Jesus today, you're here, you're online, and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't know if Jesus is your Lord. That's, that's the book I wrote, no one told me. It's about making Jesus your Lord. A lot of people play religion, a lot of people play church, a lot of people play a lot of church games. Come on. But the reality is Jesus becomes Lord and we're actually made a new creation on the inside. We're actually changed. We actually become children of God. We come out of the kingdom of darkness and go into the kingdom of his dear son. We don't play church. We don't play church games. We don't play religious games. We actually become, we actually become born again. We become a new creation in Christ. And that means our spirit is sealed by the Holy Spirit. We become sealed. Glory. We just don't think we're Christians. We know it. And if you don't know it today, not good. In fact, I would say if you don't know you're a Christian, you're not. Hello? Because... When I got up from my knees after praying and receiving Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I knew I was changed. I knew I had been changed on the inside. I knew it. I couldn't explain it to you. I couldn't have talked about the Bible to you because I didn't know it. I couldn't have said anything. I just go, I'm different. And Karen, whom I was dating still at the time, we weren't saved, you know, dating. I got saved 19. Knew immediately. This was like 2 a.m. in the morning. She didn't know what I did. But when I saw her, she knew immediately that I was different. Come on up. And my life changed overnight. And all the junk, come on, all the junk that I had been doing was gone like that. And I began witnessing for Jesus. And I became, <laughs> I mean, I was telling Karen about Jesus immediately. And she's like, what is happening? Why? Because I was really changed. I didn't know about, I mean, we had gone to church, but I, I didn't know about playing religious games. Come on. I had just 
been changed. And everything changed in my life. And that's real salvation. And you get sealed with the Holy Spirit. He seals you. And we talk, I think we talked about the youth the other day. He seals you. And the spiritual realm, whoo, the devils know you're sealed. They can see it. The angels know you're sealed. They can see it. God knows you're sealed. Of course, he can see it. And in the spiritual realm, as the spiritual beings are even in here right now, the angels are here, amen? They know who's sealed. They know the sealed ones. Amen? The angels of God are encamped around the sealed ones. A thousand shall fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. That's Psalm 91, amen? The angels of God encamped, encamped around about us. They bear us up in their hands as we dash our foot against a stone. Come on now. You see, you see I, I, still believe, I still believe there's so many churchgoers in this world. And that's why we preach it as hard as we do. Oh, we get people mad all the time. All the time. But I am not willing to let someone go to hell and, and preach a lukewarm message. I am not willing for it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I won't do it. I will not do it. As I aimed from the beginning when I got here, I said, I will preach the truth. I will preach the truth. I will preach the truth. It doesn't matter who goes. It doesn't matter who comes. I will preach the truth. Who? And the truth is the truth. And without Jesus, everybody will go to the lake of fire forever. There is no, there is no, there is no, there is no stopping of that. It's forever. When, when the book of Revelation says all those who didn't know Jesus were thrown into the lake of fire, it's forever. There is no like, well, you know, now you get out. Prison, right? You get out of prison. People get out of prison. Well, most of the time, it's, you know, life. But this is life, right? Life, for the, how we would picture it, right? Because we don't understand eternity very much, do we? We have a hard time picturing eternity because we, we see everybody, you know, dying. Everybody dies. We all die. You're all going to, well, I'm going to die if Jesus doesn't return. We're all going to die. Right? We're all going to turn back into dust if Jesus tarries his coming. I don't believe he will. I believe we're right there, right? We're close. I mean, we are close. We are real close. Oh, I was just, that, that, that was just reading. I was reading. I was listening to that, uh, uh, whatever you call it. <laughs> the preacher on a, on a, a Jeff. On a, on, a, on a reel on Instagram and he was preaching and he was saying how, and this is, this is true. One of the greatest biblical prophecies throughout the whole entire word of God is the Jews will return to Israel in the end times. The Jews will return to Israel in the end times. Guess what's happening? The Jews are returning to Israel like never before. You can look it up. They're flying into Israel all the time. Another plane load of, of Ethiopian Jews. I mean, they, they name them. There's Jews all over the world. And they're coming back to Israel. Because prophecy all ends up on Israel. Everything turns back to Israel. See, we are just in the church age for a few minutes. And we're there and we're right at the end of the church age. And when that's done and we're taken out of here, it all, the rest of the seven years is dealing with the Jews. 
And so they have to return to Israel as part of prophecy, as part of how God is going to end it all. That's good news. Because we're right there at the end. Hallelujah. Glory. I don't know what I got from that, but I like it. Because we are right at the end. Come on. If you don't know Jesus today, you have not surrendered your heart to him. You have not made him Lord. And you've played church games and you've played religious games and you've tried to have intellectual knowledge about Jesus. That's not what it's about. It's about really giving your whole self, spirit, soul, body, everything you are to him. And surrendering everything you are to him. That's why he's called Lord. And you come out of that, that darkness. You come out of that Satan's kingdom. As Jesus said to the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil. Ooh, they didn't like that, did they? They were the most religious people on earth. They knew the word of God better than anybody. They, 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 they thought they were the best people on earth. But Jesus said, you're of your father, the devil, because their heart had not been changed. But Jesus came to change our hearts. To give us a heart of flesh for a heart of stone. See, they had hearts of stone. And Jesus, come on, Jesus gives us a heart of flesh. He puts the love on the inside. He makes us temples of the Holy Spirit. He makes us new creations. He seals us with the Spirit. And we become children of God. Oh, come on. We become real children of the living God. Hallelujah. We really come into the family through Jesus. We really come into the family. We get born again. Jesus said you must be born again to enter in the kingdom of heaven. He didn't say it's a, it's a good idea. You must be. You must be born again. I've had Christians tell me, I don't like that term born again. I say, you better like it. Well, I can't call them Christians, churchgoers. I don't like that term born again. You better like the term born again because you got to be born again to enter into the kingdom of heaven. You got to know that your inside is filthy and stinking to God without him without the blood, without the washing and the cleansing of the blood of Jesus. It stinks in the nostrils of God and it will not enter into eternity with him. It won't. Come on now. You see, I, I, I preach it so hard because I, I want people to think about it for a few minutes. Amen. People walk around this earth for days and days and years and years and years and hours and days and years and years and days and years and hours and never even think about this stuff. Never think about him. Never think about Jesus. And if you talk to him about Jesus, they go, oh, I don't want to hear about that. Come on. This is the answer. This is the only answer for eternal life with the Father. There is not another answer. There is no other road. Jesus' road is the only road that's going there. It's the only road that goes to the kingdom of God, goes to the house of God. It's the only road. You got to be in Christ to go into heaven. There is no other way. If that's you today and you're like, I need to do that. I, I want to give my life to God. I want to give everything I am to God. I want to surrender to him. I want to make Jesus my Lord. We're going to follow the word right now. 
from our hearts, we're going to believe and confess Jesus is Lord. So say this after me right now. Dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of all sin. I repent of all works of darkness. I receive the payment for my sin, the blood of Jesus. I receive what you did for me, Jesus. I confess Jesus is Lord. I believe he is alive right now, seated at the right hand of God. I give you everything, my God. Teach me your ways, show me your ways, and I will follow them, and I will walk in them, and I will be an obedient child in your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If that was you today, and you want to get busy for the Lord, you actually want to fulfill his call upon your life, you want to grow up in Christ, first of all, be a bold witness for Jesus immediately. Take some faith, amen? It takes some faith to step out in boldness. Secondly, devour the word of God. Get in the word and devour this. We talked about that a lot today. Thirdly, get involved in an on-fire church. Don't be in a lukewarm church in these last days, for Jesus said, I will have to spit out the lukewarm. Fourthly, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit yet, what are you waiting for? You can pray in tongues. And Paul said, when you pray in tongues, you pray mysteries in the Spirit. And you can talk unto God in, in mysteries. And the devil don't understand one word you're saying. You can talk mysteries unto God. You can pray in the Spirit. Paul said, I pray with the Spirit and I pray with the understanding. We need to do both. And that, right there is done by faith. I received that by faith. When I heard the word of God and someone, assistant pastor was saying, do you want that? I said, yeah, I want that. And I was excited about it. And I got it. Hallelujah. Remember, faith has excitement. Faith has expectation. Fifthly, Start serving in the body. Don't just be a talker, be a doer. Sixthly, worship and pray as much as possible throughout your day. Talk to God, worship God, pray to God. Thank him again and again and again and again throughout your day. Amen? A lot of people never do that. Christians should be doing it all the time. Seventh, never ever forget you belong to God now. He is Lord what he, what, he go, what he says goes, amen? We don't say, well, I don't like that, Jesus. We say, yeah, I like that, I like that. You know, you can change your mind on anything like that. Anything, right? Anything you find in the word, you're like, wait, wait a second. I, uh, I just changed my mind, God. I agree with you. Amen? It's that fast. Oh, I didn't think that. Okay. I changed my mind. You're right. You're right, God. Hallelujah. Glory. Whew. I can't wait for next week already. Maybe we should just have another service. <laughs> Afternoon service. Yeah. Everybody get some lunch. We come back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for teaching us this morning. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, 
Thank you, Father. We can operate in real faith in this earth. And we can operate as Jesus said to operate. And we can get that revelation as we prayed for. We will get it because we prayed. We're asking for it. We asked, Father, we know it's, it's on the way. We'll, we're going to get the revelation of this. And we're going to see it. We're going to walk it out. We're going to walk out what you have said. We're not just going to be churchgoers. We're not just going to be hearers. We're actually going to do your word. We're going to be real Christians, real believers, full of your word, full of your truth, walking it out in this earth. And by that, Father, we know you will be glorified. And even now, Father, we thank you for the words today. We thank you for the, the time together today with the saints of God. And Father, we turn back as we always do and give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor to our great God forever. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to like this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find our website at packbible.org. That's P-A-C-B-I-B-L-E.org. We hope you join us again next week.